0: You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Arson Kashkashian is a buyer for the Boulder Bookstore. Thank you for joining me, Arson. Uh, you're welcome. Arson, you guys, I've been actually been to your bookstore, and it's got a beautiful location. I wonder if you talk a little bit about that location and how it uh, helps you or hurts you with your sales.
1: We're in the downtown walking mall, the Pearl Street Mall here in Boulder, Colorado, and it's really just a beautiful street. It was uh, closed to uh, car traffic in 1976, I believe, and so you know there's only foot traffic in front of us um, it's really the heart of the city and it i think it helps us immensely because people come down uh... here just to hang out to people watch to go to restaurants There's probably fifty sixty restaurants within six seven eight blocks of the store and so i think we just get so much walk-in traffic that uh... you wouldn't get on a, a regular street so i think it's an enormous benefit to us and we're in view of the the mountains are just about twelve blocks away <laughs>
0: Uh, one thing, you have a, a large store, and it's really intimate and comfortable. It's stuffed with books but not overstuffed. Could you talk about who set up the interior of your store? Did, was it just something that came with the, with the property?
1: Well, we, we moved into this particular location in 1991, and uh, the owner of the store, David Bolduc, uh really renovated the interior space of the property and um, created these uh, beautiful rooms um, the, the reason I think the store has an intimate feel, despite being its size its about 20,000 square feet, is that we have seven different rooms, so each room in itself is not huge. The biggest room is probably upstairs, the ballroom, which has a beautiful high ceiling and stained glass windows, and uh, David spent a lot of time in the, pe- just in the past few years to even make it feel more intimate than it had felt, putting new curtains in, putting plants in, uh, lamps, you know, whatever it takes to, to give that uh, a customer a feeling of, being in the comfort of their living room, even though they're really in a 20,000-square-foot store.
0: Um, So he actually, so the owner of the store actually owns the property, that's something I'm really curious about. No, he
1: does not own the property. But uh, part of when he uh, initially signed the lease was that he would do the uh, renovations of the space. The upstairs, this ballroom up here, had not been in use maybe for 15 years before we came in, so it needed a lot of work to get it into uh, the beautiful retail space that we now have. And um, we had to change where, where some stairways are. We had to put the cash wrap in. You know, there's a lot of stuff that uh, – it was a very raw space. and um, But he he took charge of those renovations, and um, we've been here for the past 17 years now.
0: Um, one thing I I've hear that I often from bookstore owners is that there are um, problems with rent. Do you guys have a, a, a problem with, you know, how do you – uh deal with your rent issues. our rent is
1: uh, is has been fixed for a long time now and i think part of that deal was that that um we undertook the renovation of the space ourselves and so we've got a very good long-term lease that allows us to um you know not have some of those problems that other stores have with escalating rent so that's not a big factor um you know as if if sales, you know, um, aren't as strong as they might have been 10 years ago, rent is a bit more of a percentage of our gross, but, but it's not because the rent is going up, um, per se. Uh,
0: could you talk about sales? How I've heard a lot of different uh, stories. In today's retail environment, we've got an economy that seems to be spiraling downward, but I hear a lot of booksellers are actually doing feeling pretty good about things and doing better.
1: Well, we had a very um, – we had a strong 2007 um, it was probably, you know, we were up, um, you know, a few points. Not to, but even with strong 2007, is not does not compare to what we were doing in the late 90s or early uh, 2000s. So that kind of recession of 2002, um, four, five, um, we're still building back to those levels. Now, the last six months, the last couple quarters have been soft, um... not terrible, but more like flat, um, and uh... we just. It, it seems to be sputtering a bit, and um, I also think there haven't been a lot of big books in the last six months, you know, uh, especially through the Christmas season, uh, that excited people to come into the bookstore. So I think there are aspects of the general economy that's hurting us, but hopefully as people get excited about some uh, new books this summer, you know, maybe we'll see some uh, growth again.
0: Well, let's talk about books. You're the buyer. You guys have a, a general interest bookstore. Um, how do you choose which books you feature and how do you feature different books in different genres? How are the rooms divided? Tell me a little bit about your job as a buyer for the Boulder bookstore.
1: Well, you know, um right now I'm in the middle of my season where I'm sitting down with the sales reps for the different publishers and looking at uh the Christmas books, the fall books. And um basically on when you walk in the door we have a, a rather small main floor. The cash wrap is there, and we've got a recommended reading section right there, which is four cases. We've got maybe 20 cases of new fiction, new nonfiction, hardback, and paperback. And that's really our main uh, focus of the new books, you know, or, where I'm looking for books that I can face out in those sections that we can recommend. Um, part of that comes with, as I'm looking, talking to the sales reps and going over the catalogs and looking at the different readers' copies we've got and try and decide, okay, I think this book will really work. This looks like a you know, great book for the bookstore. Let's get a bunch of copies. Let's put it you know, on a display. Some of it comes after the fact where um, somebody on the staff falls in love with a book, and we decide to put it up there. Um, the other rooms are mostly uh, for the backlist sections. Not, not entirely, but uh, the ballroom, the beautiful room with the high ceilings is where we've got art and fiction and photography, things like that. Uh, we have an upper north room, which is a very kind of quiet, meditative feel to it, and that's where we've got things like religion and psychology. And then the three basement sections are basically nonfiction, travel, business, history, uh, things like that, those three rooms. So it's kind of very grounded section. So I, I think once you get to know the store, it, it kind of has a logic, and you could almost guess where, which room a section would be in. But, um as far as for buying and really trying to feature new books i'm really looking at that main floor and what can we get uh right in the face of people as they come in because you know maybe half the people especially during tourism season don't leave that main floor they kind of wander around and clog up the main floor and you know one of our constant challenges to get, is to get them to go up the stairs or down the stairs uh
0: well tell me What books are you particularly excited about this season, and what books were you excited about, you know, maybe last season, and how did they do?
1: Well, um, I think that uh, right now I'm very excited about The the Last Lecture. I mean, that seems to be a book that... uh, Who's the author? uh, Randy Push. Push? I hope I'm not mispronouncing that. But he is an MIT professor who gave The Last Lecture, because he uh, is a man uh, who has... Diagnosed with cancer. And so we gave a last lecture, which is basically on life. And it was a YouTube phenomenon, you know, where people were watching this on YouTube. And so Hyperion turned it into a book. And, you know, we're in a college town. There's graduation going on now. And, um... It, you know, people are very excited about this book. And we've sold, you know, uh, it's probably the best selling uh, book that was released in 2008, you know, out of the gate for us so far. You know, we've sold. Maybe hundred and fifteen copies in the four weeks we've had it. Um, so that's been very you know been a very strong title for us. Um, some of the other titles that are working you know um, are a combination of older books, you know, not super old, but came out last year, or books that we're doing events with. you know our event series really drives a lot of our sales. We did an event with a local author Janice Halliwell with her new novel She was, which is about uh a fugitive who set a bomb in in 1970s New York and, you know, is now discovered 35 years later based on a real case. And, uh, you know, so that book is, is very selling very strongly for us, but a lot of it's based on uh, the signing and what we're kind of creating. I think last Christmas season, on the whole, was, was a disappointing season. I didn't think that there were many um, really strong books that that stood out, and I think that you know I don't think there was a whole lot driving customers into the bookstore. I thought on the fiction side of things that there was there was very little that and uh, hardback fiction that excited people. And what carried us in the Christmas season were you know things like Three Cups of Tea, Eat, Pray, Love, On the Dilemma, kind of all these paperbacks that Penguin was putting out, and we sold good amounts of those. But it's hard to make. Your numbers when you're selling books at fifteen and sixteen dollars a piece rather than twenty-five to thirty, if you've got a really hot hard pack.
0: Uh, could you talk about um, some of the different kinds of uh, genre fiction that you carry? I'm a genre fiction fan. So yeah,
1: we we carry um, mysteries, we carry science fiction, carry horror. You know, um, you know, we'll carry just about you know thrillers. Uh, you know, mysteries have been tough for us. Uh, the last ten or twelve years, we've had a very good mystery store down the street from us. And so they got most of the authors, and people in town knew um, that's, those were, they were specialists in mysteries. They went out of business in the last couple months, and so it's going to be interesting to see whether we get uh, that readership back, whether we're able to convince the publishers to send us <laughs> some signings on mystery authors that we haven't had for a long time. But I think that's a genre that uh, we're pretty excited to, you know, if, to see if we can capture a bit more of that market here in Boulder.
0: Could you talk about the events? who who manages your events and what kind of authors do you get? We get um
1: uh, pretty good authors, very good authors. Uh Mandy King is the uh events coordinator here at the Boulder Bookstore. And um we get author national nationally touring authors. We had Elizabeth Gilbert here for e, Pray Love. Uh Natalie Goldberg comes, um, you know, we you know we've got the full slate of authors, you know, that you would uh, expect to see at any you know, big store like us. We do a number of off-site events. You know, we had Thich Nhat Hanh last year, which was <laughs> big you know, for Boulder. That was a very big event. We sold out a 700-seat theater very quickly. So it's, it's an integral part of what we do. We do three or four events uh, a week, an accommodation of nationally touring authors and uh, locally, locally uh, authors, local authors.
0: Could you talk a little bit? I noticed you're, that you're part of BookSense, like many independent bookstores. Could you talk about your participation in that program and does that benefit you? I, the website is the standard issue BookSense website, from what I can tell.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, exactly. The BookSense, we do have a BookSense website, so they're the back end of the website, and that uh, works for what we need. We're not doing a ton of stuff on the web. I think that, you know, early on, we decided we wanted to have something that looked good that people could go to and see what our events were, what special things, kind of a marketing piece, we we realized early on that this was not going to be a driver of sales for us. And we, that said, we do get a few sales a day, but it's just not a big uh, selling, you know, big, big point of entry for our customers to buy books from. Uh, the BookSense program on the whole, we do have a shelf or two where we feature the BookSense titles. I think it's not as big of a deal for us, uh, that d- display part, as it is for some of the smaller stores in a way, because... We are doing so much with our recommended shelves and our, our the authors we're featuring for signings that there's so much other stuff going on that I'm not sure that the book sense thing for our customers is, is as big of a deal as if you were in a small store and that was the main marketing thing they had going on.
0: And I'm wondering too, um, with regards to the the signings. <clears throat> when you when you have these signings, that's a, kind of a small space. Are they upstairs in the big ballroom? Where yeah, they're are,
1: upstairs in the big ballroom. We have cases that are on wheels that we can move out of the center. We seat about 75 people. Um, we could probably have standing room fairly comfortably for maybe another 100 more. And if it's really uncomfortable, we can get about 300 people in that room. <laughs> I mean, if it's more than that, um, we can set up closed circuit around the store. But if we anticipate a crowd of 300 plus, then we do look for an offsite venue to uh, bring the author to.
0: You know, you're a, a university town. You mentioned that, and, and there's a lot of there is some uh, small press publishing activity going on. I wonder if you talk about how you support the university, how the university helps you, and brings you customers or changes your business model.
1: Well, you know, we, we don't cater to the students, you know, in any way. We, we're not we're not the we're not kind of where the students are coming for their books. I mean, the students come down on the weekends, especially if their parents are in town, and we're able to sell kind of a few edgier books than maybe we would if we weren't by the by the campus. Where, where it benefits us, I think, is that um, the faculty, there's a number of professors, the professors' families that come down here. There's people that are connected to the university. I think we get some authors because they're, they're also doing something at the university uh CU has the World Affairs Conference um that used to net us Roger Ebert every year because he used to love to speak at the World Affairs Conference and so every year he'd come to the store and do an event which you know was a very popular event. So it benefits us in that way, but it's not as direct as you would think. We're just not uh it's not a story you're going to see a lot of the college students here and we're, like we just had graduation weekend and that was huge because the kids want to show off the downtown area to their parents and that's where the parents want to go to all the restaurants but You know, if it's the middle of April and there aren't a bunch of parents in, we're not going to see a big bump from the students.
0: I'm wondering, do you have much competition from chain stores, and did they move in and have on you guys, or how did that work out for you? Yeah,
1: in the mid-'90s, Barnes & Noble uh, came to Boulder. They are probably here a little earlier than that, but they actually expanded their store in the mid-'90s, and um, that took a chunk of business away from us. I think they were about... uh, Twenty blocks east of us, and it felt like what they did was they took a piece of the geography away from us. you know if you if you were east of that store, I think a lot of those customers would stop at Barnes Noble rather than drive the extra two miles and come downtown necessarily. Then borders opened about five blocks from us uh, maybe eight years ago, and we hardly saw any effect from that whatsoever. and in fact, about two years ago now, a year and a half ago, Borders moved out, and they're much closer to Barnes & Noble, uh, 20 blocks east of us, and so now we have downtown to ourselves again. But it was interesting when that Borders moved in, we really thought we were going to take a hit, and we didn't. I think once people were downtown, they preferred to be here.
0: And that no doubt is an, at least due in part to, to your wonderful space. Um, can you tell me what you're looking forward to uh, this coming season, the Christmas season? Are there any big books out there that you're kind of salivating over or thinking might do well for you? That's an
1: excellent question. You know, I've been buying almost every day right now. And um, one of the things is I seem to wipe my brain clear after every sales call. (laughs) So, like, you know, I go home and my wife says to me, you know, oh, you saw HarperCollins today. What do they have? What do they have that's so exciting? And my mind will be blank. I won't remember a single book, (laughs) you know. So right now, um, you know, there's a a really quirky book that I'm actually excited about uh, that uh, Random House is putting out. It's... um, It's actually a book called Stuff White People Like, and it's based on a website, a blog, and it's an ironic take on uh, almost treating uh, white people, people like in Boulder, upper class, not upper class, but upper middle class educated uh, white people as a minority population with strange habits. And, you know, white people like um, scarves for some reason. They like, you know... um, Barack Obama, they like Toyota Priuses. I mean, it, it almost fits Boulder's demographic exactly, and it's written in this very ironic, funny to- tone. And I think that that's the type of book where we can feature that on our recommended shelf and sell probably hundreds and hundreds of copies. So even though it's not a next great novel or anything, something like that, I just, <laughs> it kind of catches my eye among this slew of books, the avalanche of books that's coming in right now.
0: Um, it's interesting that you mention it's based on a blog because we're seeing more and more num- books from bloggers. There's the the new Mark Sarvis book, uh, novel Harry Revised, and Catherine Sanderson has a book out. She's her blog is Petite Anglaise, and so is the novel. And the novel is heavily based. It's on on the reality that she wrote about in her blog.
1: Yeah, well, you know, often. Uh, when i 'm sitting at a sales call they 'll say oh it 's based on a website or it 's based on a blog and um you know i I have a blog, so i don 't have anything against blogs, but nine out of the ten times I then go to the blog or the website, and if I was going to buy ten copies of the book after I look at the blog or the website i 'm like i don 't know about that you know so it like, <laughs> <laughs> usually convinces me not to buy it Where this one when I went to the blog, you know I was thinking, "Oh, maybe we can buy ten of that." you know i upped the order to forty out the gate i was like oh my god this is just gonna completely hit our demographic it's, it's a really funny take on all these things that were you know we value so much you know you know white people like organic food or one of them was grammar that i thought was very funny and so that site i thought really worked but you know, as a person who writes a blog it, it, it is a different medium and i don't think and websites especially too i, I don't think they easily translate into books
0: so I guess your advice is beware of the blog.
1: Yeah, uh, well, accept it for what it is, and, and, and don't try to turn every blog into a book where uh, this one just seemed like you know, it would really work just because it's really funny snippets and it's extremely
0: well-written. We've been speaking with Arson Cash Cashian. He's the buyer for Boulder Bookstore. Thank you for joining me, Arson. Oh, thank you, Rick.